Turning your Bibles tonight to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19, and we want to read at verse 12. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we pray that you would teach us from your word tonight lessons that will be a help to us and a blessing to you as we seek to live for you in this new year. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, as we come to the end of this first day of 2023, we want to think again about some lessons from Lot and his family and his days for this new year, some things that we did not have time to get to this morning. The first of these lessons is in the form of a question which the angels ask Lot in verse 12. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. Hast thou here any besides? That's the question that the angels ask Lot. But they didn't just ask Lot a question. They gave him a mission. The mission is to bring them out of this place. And there was an urgency behind that question and the mission. And that urgency is in verse 13. For we will destroy this place. And then at the end of the verse, we see that they said, the Lord has sent us to destroy it. I believe in 2023, the Lord would have us consider this question and this mission and the urgency behind it. Hast thou here any besides? That's a question that relates directly to Lot's family. I believe it's a question that relates directly to every family. Dr. Henry Morris points out in his Defender Study Bible the reason that Abraham, as he stood before the Lord making intercession for the city of Sodom back in chapter 18, a reason that he stopped at 10. Dr. Morris points out there was Lot and his wife, 
two unmarried sons, two unmarried daughters, two married daughters and their husbands. That's ten. Lot did have other family members besides those who were there in the house with him. There were only four there. He and his wife and their two daughters. He had six others. Hast thou here any besides? That question and the mission bring them out of this place relates to, it relates directly <clears throat> to the mission field that is oftentimes forgotten. And it's the mission field that is among the hardest, if not the hardest, to minister in. That's the mission field that is our family. This question asked by these angels of Lot and the mission to him, given to him, 2,000 years ago comes down to us on this day, January 1st, 2023. Hast thou here any besides? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place. We say that we believe those words, but do we really believe them? Do we really believe that the Lord is about to destroy this place? Do we really believe on the first day of 2023 that the cry of this world is waxing great before the face of the Lord? Think about the cry of abortion. The cry of abortion is waxing great before the face of the Lord. We mentioned the numbers last week. Almost 64 million babies murdered in the United States since 1973, with another estimated 250 million killed through chemical abortions. Worldwide, there have been 1.6 billion abortions since 1980. In 2 Kings 24, we read about Judah coming under the judgment of God, and beginning in verse 3 of chapter 24, we read this. Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah to remove them out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh according to all that he did and also for the innocent blood that he shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood which the Lord would not pardon. Folks, if the Lord would not pardon a city filled with innocent blood, how much more will he not pardon a world filled with innocent blood? The cry of abortion is waxing great before the face of the Lord. The cry of homosexuality and same-sex marriage and transgenderism is waxing great before the face of the Lord. The Congress of the United States just 
recognize same-sex marriage as legal and valid and equal with marriage as God established it between a man and a woman. The Congress of this nation just said that marriage is not just what God says it is. It's what they say it is. Think of how transgenderism is being promoted in this country. In the schools. Without the knowledge and consent of parents. But it's not just schools, it's churches. With programs like Drag Me to Church. It's being promoted in communities like ours through these drag queen shows that in many places are billed as family-friendly events that are open to children of all ages. The same Congress that passed the Disrespect for Marriage Act just passed a 4,155-page omnibus spending bill. They named it that because... It deals with numerous items all at once. That's what the word omnibus means. This was done to keep the government funded and to avoid a government shutdown. Folks, a government shutdown is a lie. It's a lie. It is a threat that our representatives hold over our heads to pass a bill just like this. Former congressman, former vice presidential candidate, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, in one of his honest moments, said that only 17% of the government actually shuts down when there is a shutdown, 17%. And think about this, $322 billion come into the government every month, even if the government is shut down, because the private sector is not shut down. And along that line, isn't it it interesting that the news is just filled with these horror stories and the government might shut down, the government might shut down. Did they have any problem shutting down the private sector two years ago? None. The government takes in $322 billion a month. It takes $45 billion of that to service the debt. So the government is not, no matter what the politicians say, the government is not in danger of defaulting on its obligations. That leaves $277 billion a month. That's over $3 trillion a year that the government has. So even during a government shutdown, people are still going to get their Social Security checks, although they try to scare old people. Medicare is not going to be defunded. Medicaid's not going to be defunded. The military is not going to be defunded. And a host of other things will not suffer. Those few employees who are laid off will get their back pay. And all the talk to the contrary 
is nothing more than scare tactics so these scoundrels in Washington, Washington can do what they just did. Pass a 4,155-page bill that none of them read. None of them read it. If the, folks, how do you have three days to read 4,155 pages? And I mention this because tucked away in this 4,155 page bill and all of the stuff has not come to light. But the Heritage Foundation found 11 million of our tax dollars in this bill. 11 million of our tax dollars to promote the LGBTQ agenda in various parts of this country. I suspect there's more than just that. The cry of homosexuality and same-sex marriage and transgenderism is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And God destroyed one geographical area for this abomination. How much more will he destroy a world that promotes and forces acceptance of this abomination? That brings us back to the question of the angels and the mission that they gave and the urgency behind it. Hast thou here any besides? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place. Do we believe that? Lot did. Look at verse 14. And Lot went out. I'm not going to read verse 12 and 13 again. But Lot hears the message. He hears the question. He hears the mission. He hears the urgency. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this place. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. We read verse 14, particularly the last part of it, and we immediately want to criticize Lot for the life that he had lived and the poor testimony that he had been for the Lord in Sodom. And I'm not suggesting that he does not deserve criticism. But there are some things that we ought to think about here. One is that it's not the messenger that is important. It's not the messenger. It's the message that's important. Could we malign Lot because he's a poor instrument to make God's truth to be known to his family? Yes, we can. But let me ask you this. Who else was going to go? Who else was going to speak to his daughters and their husbands in the final hours before Sodom was destroyed? The, Lot, the Lord knew how Lot had lived in Sodom. And yet he sent him on this mission to bring them out of this place. 
And he armed Lot with the message from heaven. Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. Something that struck me is that Lot could have told the angels, I can't go. I can't go. Look how I've lived. I'm a poor instrument to speak the truth of God. But he didn't say that. He went. I believe in 2023 we need to think about this question and the mission and the urgency behind it. Hast thou here any besides? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place. And we need to go to those in our family who are lost. Are we poor instruments to make known the message from heaven to our family? Do they know every flea and every wart that we have? Do they know every flaw in our testimony? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. That's why they're so hard to go to. But in many cases, who else is going to go? Who else is going to go? Who else was going to go on this last night in Sodom? Only Lot. And he went. And he gave the message to his family. And they thought... They were rejecting the messenger. No. No. They were rejecting the message from heaven. These children of Lot died in Sodom. Because in verse 15, it's still Lot and his wife and his two daughters. No daughters and sons-in-law. And when lost children stand before the Lord, they will not be able to say, Our father Lot, he was the problem because he seemed as one that mocked. The Lord's going to say, The issue is not the messenger. The issue is the message. And you heard the message from heaven. Up. Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. On this first day of 2023, we need to remember that the power is not in the messenger. The power is in the message. And those that we have here besides, it's our mission to bring them out of this place. That's our mission. And the urgency of the mission is that the Lord is about to destroy this place. If we'll remember that throughout this year, that'll help us to remember the lesson here. The lesson of the question and the mission and the urgency. Another lesson that we learn from Lot is something that we see beginning in verse 23. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. 
Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. Now look at verse 26. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. I want to think about this 26th verse in the light of the commentary of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Turn over to Luke chapter 17, if you will. It's a chapter that we've talked a great deal about, verses that we've talked a great deal about. But look at Luke chapter 17. And let's read beginning at verse 28. The Lord Jesus says, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, the context here is the days of Lot. Notice what we read in verse 31. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. That's the same thing that the angel said in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 17. Escape for thy life. The angel told Lot and his wife and his two daughters, look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And it's in this context that the Lord Jesus says in verse 32, Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. We just read about her. And what is the lesson? What is the message? What is it that we are to remember about Lot's wife? Well, it's verse 33. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. That's what happened to Lot's wife. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I have to admit that I have gone back and forth in my mind over the years trying to decide if Lot's wife was saved or lost. I tend to lean toward her being saved because... She was a recipient of the grace and the magnified mercy of the Lord. She was delivered from Sodom and the fire of God's judgment. But as I've read the Lord's words here, we don't have to make a decision on whether she was saved or lost. Because the Lord's message applies to both. We touched on this this morning in the words of the angel in Genesis 19:17, escape for thy life, escape to the mountain. If lost people seek to save their lives, if they continue in their own way, doing their own will, if they refuse to escape to the mountain of Calvary, 
then they are going to lose their lives for all eternity. But if they will lose their lives, if they will escape to the mountain of Calvary, if they will, as the hymn says, give up themselves and whatever they know, then the Lord Jesus will wash them from their sin in his own blood and he'll make them whiter than snow. And their life will be preserved in Christ because he will give them his life. The same is true of those who are saved. If believers seek to save their lives, if saved people refuse to die to self, then the effect of our spiritual life is going to be lost on the people around us. We'll have no testimony. But if we lose our lives, if we reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ, so that Christ is formed in us, so that the form by which we strike the vision of those around us, what they see is not I, but Christ. It's the relationship that we see between John the Baptist and Jesus. It's interesting how people saw John and they wanted to know if he was Jesus. And people saw Jesus and wanted to know if he was John. This is what happens when believers lose their lives. The life of the Lord Jesus is made manifest in our mortal flesh. This is why the Lord commands us to remember Lot's wife. So that we can examine ourselves on the first day of 2023 and every day that follows to see if we are saving our life, to see if we are living for ourselves, or to see if we are losing our lives for the Lord Jesus. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 19. The other lesson that we want to learn from the days of Lot as we enter this new year concerns Abraham. Look at verse 27. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. The first lesson here is the one that we've talked about before. Concerns getting up early in the morning and having a place where we stand before the Lord. Are we doing that? If we aren't, then we ought to purpose in our hearts on this first day of this new year that we're going to do that in 2023, starting tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow we purpose in our hearts that we're going to get up early Tuesday morning to a place where we stand before the Lord, and then Wednesday morning, and so on and so on. And soon it'll be a habit a habit that we won't want to, to break. And we'll do it day by day. And before we know it, it'll be December 31st, 2023. 
And we will have spent a whole year getting up early in the morning, having a place where we stand before the Lord. We don't have to do it for a whole year. We just have to do it day by day. Like the song the children sing, don't stare up the stairs, just step up the steps. Day by day. But there's something else here that the Spirit of God reveals to us about Abraham's prayer life. The last time that we saw Abraham standing before the Lord was in chapter 18. If you'll look at uh, chapter 18 and verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Here's Abraham standing before the Lord. Just like he is doing in chapter 19 and verse 27. And one aspect of his prayer life, the the aspect that we are looking into here, was intercession. Intercession before the Lord to plead for those who were caught up in Sodom's defilement and who were in danger of being caught up in Sodom's judgment. And Abraham's intercessory prayer, as Dr. Henry Morris points out, appealed to God's righteous character and to his mercy. And we see the power of Abraham's intercessory prayer in chapter 19 and verse 29, if you'll look there. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Lot and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. It's not what it says, is it? came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. What did God remember about Abraham? He remembered him standing before him. He remembered him getting up early and standing before him in the place where he came. He remembered him making intercession. What an illustration of James 5 and verse 16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The first reason that the angels came to Sodom was to deliver Lot and his family. 
And that because of Abraham's intercession. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. This is the power of intercessory prayer. This is the power of getting up early in the morning and having a place where we stand before the Lord every day. Three lessons from Lot and his family and his days. First, there's the question and the mission and the urgency behind the question and the mission. Hast thou here any besides? It's a question that related directly to Lot's family. Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place. The second lesson, remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. The third lesson, getting up early in the morning and having a place where we stand before the Lord and make intercession before the Lord to plead for those who are caught up and the defilement of this world and who are in danger of being caught up in its judgment. That may be some of our family. That may be that group, hast thou here any besides? I hope we'll consider these lessons. And not just consider them, but learn them. And act on them throughout this coming year of 2023. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, thank you for the opportunity today to be in your house on this first day of the year. We pray that you would help us to consider these lessons tonight. Hast thou here any beside? What a question. Hast thou here any besides? Bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place. Help us to be moved by the urgency of the hour. To not be afraid to talk to our family. We're not preaching ourselves to them. We're preaching Christ Jesus, the Lord. He is the one who can save them. We pray that you would help us to remember Lot's wife and what happens when we try to save our life. And then help us to consider the need every day to get up early and come to the place where we stand before you. Where we intercede for those that we have beside. Where we intercede for those who are caught up in this world and who very soon will be caught up in its destruction. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.